for today, we'll read something from The Awakened Soul by Gibran. <clears throat> I would be the least among men with dreams and then desire to fulfill them, rather than the greatest one with no dreams and no desires. If you sing beauty, though alone in the heart of the desert, you will have an audience. It is indeed misery if I stretch an empty hand to man receiving nothing, but it is hopeless if I stretch a full hand and find none to receive. Profound. <laughs> Sounds like the role of the spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. Don't worry, I'll, I'll pick my voice up as I get rolling here. <laughs> Can you hear that now okay? All right. So, one of the things to realize on this journey is the role of the spiritual teacher is really one who is that vehicle which allows that expression of the Holy Spirit to move in and through every level of consciousness to assist the soul on its journey. And also understand that on this journey that really there's this greater action of grace that takes place. And in that grace is the true living, loving essence that does assist the soul in coming into the greater freedom and liberation. And if we can always remember that really what we're doing in meditation is just to focus into this action of grace or loving and allow that to unfold us is really what we're after or moving into or opening to and experiencing or having because that's where the greater truth unfolds. But oftentimes when we go into meditation, we may find ourselves actually distracting ourselves if we're trying to get information or to get an answer to something or to have even experience, even if we're just looking to have some type of phenomenal experience, that that can be a distraction because we're really looking for the phenomena rather than just being open to the movement of grace and loving. Just remember that. Just the simplest little thing, we can distract ourselves from really allowing a greater opportunity that is always present, not just in meditation, but anytime, really. Meditation is just that time where we can give more of our undivided attention or devotion to this inner journey of awakening. But really, a lot of our part in meditation is to really open to the grace and allow that to unfold us. And then just allow things to unfold, not to look, for things or to try to make things happen, but really to open and allow. And that's really like I like the quote Jim was just reading where the full hand extended. Well, that hand of God is always extended and it is extended through that form we see as a spiritual teacher, even in the outer level, just like here in class or on the inner levels of meditation or the dream state. It really is at action of the Holy Spirit or the radiant form, the living word being extended to us, the full hand. But we have to open to receive it. We've got to invite it in. 
We've got to allow it. So what do we have to do to open up and allow this, though? Well, we have to be willing to give up and to surrender and to let go of all those things that we allow ourselves to become distracted with rather than simply the loving. That's really the inner work. If you want to call it work, because believe me, the loving's not work. The loving is not the work. The inner work is that journey, that personal journey that we find ourselves upon, this journey of what we can call not only experience, but karma, unlearned lessons. That's the journey, the personal journey. So we've got to allow ourselves to open to allow the grace to come in to assist us in moving through the karmas or awakening and coming to the greater understanding of the lessons of this journey that we're on. And that's what takes place when we really allow ourselves to surrender and forgive and to let go, that we allow that grace in. So we do our part, the inner work, and then in that is how we open and allow God to do God's part with us. You know, we always say we've heard these words often, but sometimes they just seem to sink in a little more than other times. But sometimes these inner distractions can be so subtle, we may not even realize how we're distracting ourselves. And by that distraction, that in a sense we're keeping a door closed within our consciousness that does not allow that greater loving and grace to come in to work with us. So in a sense, even though the hand is there and it's full to give us that greater fullness of loving, we may even see it at times. But just because we see it doesn't necessarily mean we're taking hold of it or taking the opportunity. And so we need to begin to look within ourselves of how can we take that greater opportunity that is always extended to us, especially those of us that are initiates as well as seekers or meditators looking for that greater awakening. To really take the opportunity of going within and opening to receive that greater fullness of grace. But sometimes, you know, when we're going through the stress of life, if I can put it that way, that we may find ourselves becoming distracted by that. So we may find ourselves more as beggars or prayers, asking, begging, looking for the grace, trying to get the grace. And it's funny because it's always there all the time. So it's not so much that we need to beg or pray or ask. Yes, we need to ask. But what is asking really? It's really about us opening to receive what's already present, what's already there. All the blessings, all the loving, all the greater knowing of the divine that we're seeking after. But here's the funny part in this. So often we'll hear these different words and we'll hear about karma and how that entraps us and how it's unlearned lessons and about learning the lesson. And so all of a sudden we'll take that information and begin to try to figure out the lesson, thinking if we can figure it out, well, we'll learn the lesson so that way we'll be done with it, karma done, right? I wish it worked that way. No, actually I don't. I take that one back. 
That's a lot harder path to follow than just opening to the grace. The simplicity is just opening to the grace. The figuring out and trying to learn the lessons is really the mind process. And that's often where we have our own willfulness or the willpower of trying to make things happen, trying to get something. That's why we often find ourselves in a place of prayer or begging is because it is that that ego part trying to get the spirit, but yet it can't. All it can do is surrender to the spirit. That's often a challenge in this. How do we move into the place of surrender and opening to let it come to us rather than trying to do and get? Because in this world, the ego is trained to do, to get. But in spirit, it's the opposite. Because in this world, it's a land of reflection. So rather than doing and getting, it's more allowing and being. It's like looking in the mirror. The image may look the same in the mirror, but yet it's backwards. So it's important to keep that in mind that as we approach spirit, that it is a very different approach than what we take in this world. And so as you go within in meditation, pay attention to how you are approaching, not the meditation, but how you're approaching God how you're approaching this inner journey, how you're approaching this action of loving, because that's all we're doing. If we can remember that all the meditation is about is loving, us loving God and opening to allow God to love us. It's all loving. Yeah, it seems like duality, giving and receiving, but you see in this world of the appearances of separation, that's how it works. So we work it the way it works, But in that action of participation, it begins to bring us into that union of the beingness. So as we give and receive, it draws us ever nearer and closer until eventually we wake up and have the greater experience of the beingness. We're no longer is it the giving and receiving, but is now just the being of loving itself. Because that's the journey that we're truly upon here, is coming into the beingness of loving itself. So if we can always remember that as we move into the meditation, that it is about that loving, in that simplicity is where we will find it easier, gentler, to just move into the loving and out of all the distractions, the separations, the illusions, the reflections, the things we think we have to do in order to create this inner experience of beingness. But the funny thing is, beingness is not an inner experience. It's beingness. It is you, the soul that is the beingness, that has experience in all these other realms of duality. We've simply gotten caught up into that and thinking that's the truth. And so we're remembering. Sometimes we call it retraining ourselves. But in truth, it's really more reawakening to them, not the memory, 
but to the actual living experience of that loving beingness. So be aware of that. And part of the reason I'm sharing this as well, Jim and I hear regularly from those of you that communicate and share with us about your inner journey, about the meditation. And it's so funny because the ones we find really having the challenges or they say their meditations are dry are often the ones that are looking for information or the phenomena rather than just going for the loving. And it's funny because the ones that are really going for the loving are the ones that are having inner experience and awakening and coming to the greater knowing. That's how it works. We've got to get out of our own way, in other words, it's often put. Getting out of the way. What's well, the eagle that we want to get out of the way. I like to say it the other way around. We want to get in the way of spirit. We want to get in the way. That's what meditation is. We're moving into the inner way of loving. That's the path. That is the way. And that's the journey. So keep it simple. As you hear us say, probably every talk we give. Keeping it simple, because that's how it happens. That's how it unfolds. If you find your meditations dry or uneventful, heed these words and begin to look to see what you're doing within yourself of how you're approaching the meditation. That may be getting in the way of the greater experience of loving that you're seeking. And if you're not seeking loving, then in truth, you're on the wrong pathway here because this is the pathway of loving. But I don't want to really say that it's wrong because when I started this pathway, I wasn't looking for the loving. I was looking for the experiences and the out-of-bodies and the psychic stuff. That's what I was doing. It's called whatever floats your boat or motivates you. We'll have all different types of motivations and inspirations. And it's good to honor whatever that is for each of us. But we just want to be very clear here, as Jim and I share, the truth of what this journey is so that you know ultimately that's where we're going. That's what we're after here. And whatever the details are along the journey, whatever the sights and the sounds, the experiences along the way, Enjoy them. That's your journey. Believe me, it's a scenic tour. There's no way around a scenic tour. Even though this is often called the fast track or the straight and narrow, it's still scenic. I don't know anybody who can truly hold that one-pointed focus 100% of the time, God first and God only. Jim and I don't do that. We don't do it 100%. Because this physical consciousness is not set up for that 100% with spirit. Again, it's the reflection. It focuses us down and out to have the physical experience. That's why it often seems a struggle to turn inside and upwards towards spirit. It's like battling against gravity. Gravity is always pulling us down. That's what this physical world does. It pulls us down and out. So it oftentimes it does seem like quite the struggle to turn inwards and upwards to overcome gravity 
the weight of the world that rests upon the consciousness. And in meditation, we're doing the work, we're learning, we're growing to rise above that weight of the world. Often we call those the karmas, the unlearned lessons. But here's a little tidbit I'd like to share. If you haven't heard it before, if it's just a reminder, that as you open to the grace and allow that within, it is a grace that will release the karmas on all the different realms. And we don't even have to be aware of it. We don't have to know. We don't have to be aware that's God's grace that will handle that as we open and allow it. And that which we are to learn and have experience with in this lifetime, each lifetime we just come in to have a certain amount of experience. It's not about all the other lifetimes or lifetimes to come or lifetimes on other levels of consciousness. The grace handles all of that. As we open and allow that grace goes into the past to free all the incompletions. It goes into the future to free up that which we may have yet to experience if we don't allow the greater fullness of loving to free us here and now. And all those different realms of karma, the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, That grace goes before us. How often have you heard Jim often share in his meditation, he'll ask God's grace to go before him, clearing any and all distractions, making the way clear so that we can move forward in loving and understanding. That's for every level of consciousness. He wasn't just talking about this physical world. That's for every single world. So we can invite and call that grace in to go before us. But it ain't going to happen unless we can open to also allow it. So what am I saying here? Well, if you're saying, you're, well, I'm praying, I'm asking, I'm inviting God in, and yet it doesn't seem to be happening, take a look to see what you're doing that maybe is not allowing it to happen. But don't get too caught up in trying to discover what you're doing to block it because if you get too focused on what are you doing to block it, you may be holding yourself back from even opening. But guess what? We'll go back and forth because that's just how it works. This world's duality. We breathe in, we breathe out. We go up, we go down. We go left, we go right. It's the journey. But there is the level of our own personal participation. So do take a look. And if you're going to ask God, ask God to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, right? So that we can really awaken to the greater knowing of the divine and also awaken to the experiences, the lessons we're here to learn. That we learn them with loving. So that way, even not only your approach to God through meditation, but even your approach to fulfilling your karmas, to learning the lessons, that even the approach there is not one of trying to figure out and then what often do we do? God damn this karma, right? We make it negative and wrong and then what do we do? 
we set ourselves up now in a pattern of resistance and judgment. And it feels like now we're beating ourselves up more. There's greater stress and struggle. Why me? Why is this happening? Why can't I get free of it? How come it won't just go away? How come God's grace doesn't take it? It is because of that approach of what we're doing within our own personal consciousness. That's why you always also hear us talk about laugh, L-A-F, loving, accepting, and forgiving. Because we need to be able to love and accept and forgive ourselves and our lessons that we're walking through in order to step free of them. As long as we see ourselves as not good enough, as bad, as why am I stuck in this, blah, 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 judging ourselves, judging our lessons, judging others. That just wears us down. If you find yourself moving into those patterns, because we all do, it's part of what the physical consciousness does, that gravitational pull of down and out. Those are the experiences of the down and out journey. Those are the signposts. I think we all know them well. But when you find yourself in there, that's also now the time to apply that magic medicine called loving and accepting and forgiving. You want the magic? You want the phenomena? Then do the loving, the accepting, and the forgiving, and you'll begin to wake up and see the magic of God's grace in action is as you choose to do that with yourself and your journey, your karmas, your lessons, is where you really begin to see those daily miracles, the magic. The wonderful thing is, the more you do that, the easier life gets. The more you actually find yourself more enjoying participating even with your karmas. Oh, oh my God. So when I approach it that way, I might actually enjoy some of it? Yeah, and guess what we call that, right? An attitude adjustment. That's right. We often hear about this attitude. They go, okay, good attitude, bad attitude, and it makes a big difference, right? Well, yeah, it does. But we also have to look at how we are creating that attitude we are living. That's why I often talk about the approach we take because that's what I find creates the good attitude or bad attitude is how we approach that. And when we approach it with loving, accepting, and forgiving, you'll find your attitude coming more and more into a loving and accepting and forgiving attitude. Or if you want to call it a good attitude, that's fine. It's a nice approach to have on life. And then you get to begin to witness the phenomena, the grace, the miracles. And you begin to see how ordinary all of that is. It seems miraculous and magical when we just get a glimpse and we see, oh my God, the change and the blessings it can bring about. But then as we begin to live more of this action of loving, accepting, and forgiving, we see that more and more. Not only unfolding in our own lives, but even other people's lives. Because that's how we begin to awaken and see the ordinariness of spirit that is ever so graceful. 
So again, it is the approach we take that makes a difference in our own lives and in our meditation and within our own inner kingdom because it is in that inner kingdom where all the unlearned lessons reside. So let the love in. Let the grace in to assist you in that journey of walking through those unlearned lessons. Not the approach of trying to get rid of the karma or get rid of the lessons, but the approach of loving the lessons, loving the karma, and allowing God to walk with you and you participating with that LAF approach. See the nice little package this all is? Your beautiful little package of karma and grace. Which do you choose to focus on? Not which do you choose to participate in, because guess what? You're participating in both whether you like it or not. But what you focus on is what you can have more of. And then you begin to live that more and more fully. And eventually, you begin to live the grace and the loving completely. That's called you're at the end of the journey. You're complete. You're done. It's called liberation. There's no more to experience. There's nothing more to fulfill in this land of reflection. And now we can live 100% in the loving that we've been ever so gracefully and gratefully choosing into day by day, moment by moment. Through our inner actions, not our outer actions, our inner actions, our inner approach to how we live our lives, how we live the journey. So let's begin to continue waking up and realizing these greater truths that unfold. It's amazing the grace, what it does handle that we have no idea of. Just be grateful for however little or however much experience or understanding or knowing you have. It doesn't really matter. What matters is your loving. Well, that's very interesting. <clears throat> I'm going to share with you a little bit, you know, about spiritual teachers <clears throat> and then move on from there. <clears throat> there, at the moment of creation, when God created the first light, which is the light of the soul that went forward into creation to have experience, in that moment that the first light was created, there was an action to go with those souls to assist them on their journey, that movement of God's grace that is ever with the soul in every moment of its existence as it goes out from God, out from the spiritual universe into this creation to have experience here. 
part of that element of God's grace that goes out is that energy that is the spiritual teacher, that is in movement, in action with God in order to be of service, a continual flow of service to serve the soul in its journey. And there's two actions that actually take place with the spiritual teacher. However it might be, there's two actions that are really taking place. Sometimes a spiritual teacher will come into this universe or come into manifestation in the physical form to serve man in its process of evolution. And it will do what it can to assist the soul's journey in this creation to find a way by which to bring about a state of peace or calm or quiet or understanding in its creation. And oftentimes we see that as inventors, as artists, as poets, as writers that serve as inspiration for mankind in many different ways to make their life easier, to give them understanding, to point directions of inspiration. And they serve more in that outward focus. Then at other times they may serve for the inner focus where they are just teaching the path of sound and light, that simple pathway of going within. And it is according to how God's grace is moving at the time in the world through that teacher as to how they are going to impact the world or impact the souls that they come in contact with. So we can look back throughout history and see certain points in time where there have been those that have inspired and served in the outer flow, in the evolution, and those that have served with the inner flow and that movement back into God, not away from. These beings come back again and again, lifetime after lifetime, ever serving God, however God deems it to be. Just as all of us come back into this lifetime to continue our journey. It's a continual movement. The soul is ever in action, ever in movement. It never stops. There is no true beginning or ending of this journey. There's just a continuity, a movement into the awakening. And so if we can begin to realize that this is just a moment in the journey and begin to awaken to the fact that all we have to do right now is to be responsible in the actions that we are doing right now and not dwell on the past or the future, then we begin to understand more clearly how the pathway can truly be simple. It's when we keep looking to the past or looking to the future that we begin to make our lives complicated and make this journey difficult. So find that way for yourself to make it simple, to make it easy, and find that which is the grace action in your life. And let go of that element of the mind and the emotions and the body that try to complicate it. I hope that makes sense. Because that's what the spiritual teacher is here to assist us in and is ever going to remind us on this journey just that. The one thing that we are to do in this lifetime as an initiate is to do this action of meditation, which really is the action of communion. 
we are coming into communion with the living word, with that element that carries the grace action that takes our souls back home from which it came. There's these outer forms of communion that we see in the world, both in Jewish mysticism and in other mystical pathways and in the Christian church. And they all have outer focuses and outer ritual and they have elements in that ritual that represent the polarities of the world, the positive and the negative. Just as in the Christian church they have the wine and the bread, which represent the two poles of existence. And what we are asked to do is to bring this back into oneness, into a focus of oneness, where we begin to commune not with the outer ritual, but with the inner action of that living word and live in the true communion. So if we can begin to just simplify, continue to simplify. One way that I've done that over the years, I have kept many different kinds of journals at different points of my journey. And at one time I became very interested in this whole action of simplification, of simplifying my life. Because I found that when I was in high school, it just became more and more complicated because it wasn't just doing the homework for all these different classes for this one particular grade, but that it was all this now, this projection into, well, what are you going to do? And how are you going to apply this to what you're going to be doing? And are you going to go to a university? Are you going to go into apprenticeship? Are you going to go into a job? What are you going to be doing? And so there was this whole pressure of not just living in the moment and doing my homework and my studies of the moment of this grade and in this day, but it was also projecting into the future and trying to plan for the future. And I began to find it to be very difficult for me because I found myself being split apart and living in concern and feeling the worry of the world trying to come in me and take over. So one day I went and I sat down with my English teacher. She was both my English teacher and in the next period she was my German teacher. And so in between the classes, the bell would ring, I would just stay in my seat, everybody else would get up and leave, and I would just sit there and wait for the bell to ring to start doing German. And so over a period of time, we got to talk a lot. And I began to confide in her some of the things that were kind of going on inside of me, both some of the spiritual things that I was having happen, but also things that I didn't understand about life or the world. And we would talk about that, and sometimes she would give me her own clarity of her experience. 